0: You're listening to an all-new Chasing the Word on Compassion Radio. Morning, honey. It's time for us to wrap up on Psalm 19 in this series. Welcome back to the microphone.
1: Thank you. It's good to be here.
0: We've done two programs so far on this psalm, and we're going to wrap up starting at verse 11 today, but As you were mentioning the way your translation reads, in addition to all these things, Mm -hmm. there's something else that the psalmist wants to say. So let's sum up the things that have happened before.
1: We started off Psalm 19 with just giving God glory. Mm -hmm. David just wants us to know that the heavens are talking about God all the time. That the moon and the stars are singing his praises. The sun actually dashes across the sky to greet him, to tell about him. To the ends of the earth, he says, their voices are ringing out. And that was such a beautiful picture to me because I love being outside at night, especially, and seeing the stars and the, the way they're twinkling and the sunset, how it just speaks of his glory. It's such a beautiful picture and a great reminder that nature itself is worshiping God.
0: You put it in an interesting way when you started that phrase by saying, David wants to know. I think he does. He observes it first. He sees that it actually is happening. Mm -hmm. So he's in some ways anthropomorphizing the universe. But he's also, I think, hoping that it would continue to be that way. It's one thing to say you observe something. It's another thing to say you believe it will continue to be observable. Mm, I see what you mean. When he's speaking to the universe, he's almost making an appeal. Keep doing what you're doing. If creation itself can keep doing what it's doing, can we not learn from that and choose ourselves to keep glorifying God? Because he is. So I think he's making an appeal to us.
1: He also describes his son as a bridegroom. That is such a great example for his time in history because the bridegroom made a huge entrance. Now, in our culture, the bride herself is the one who makes the big entrance Mm -hmm. with the big white dress or the big bouquet and all of the attendants. But in David's time, it was the bridegroom. The groom himself would come and make a big show of going to get his bride going into the wedding tent, making sure that she was comfortable and had a great response from the crowd. You know, Mm -hmm. this is my bride. I'm taking her to this beautiful place and going to honor her. And it says that he races across the sky.
0: Now, the sun, of course, you're talking about is the actual physical sun rising in the morning, setting Mm -hmm. in the evening. Mm -hmm. He delights in doing that. He's giving the sun itself a human kind of personality.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And then in verses 7 through 10, we talked about the law of the Lord and the statutes and the precepts of the Lord and how oftentimes we think that when we hear about a law, that that's to restrict us and to confine us to certain parameters. But David has got a different idea about that. He is saying the law is perfect and it gives us freedom. It's reliable. It turns our lives around. It gives clarity to us. It's right through and through. It's worth more than gold. It's worth more than honey dripping from the honeycomb. And that's almost like an oxymoron to us. He's talking about rules being sweet and beautiful and wonderful.
0: The rule of God, not the rules um, of God. That's right. And he's mentioned that everything else he describes so of our is been made human-like or God-like. They have a life of their own. So he does the same thing with the words of God to become the word of God. And in some ways, it seems like David is the first in the Bible to really make the Word a living person.
1: He helps us, in our own minds, turn a corner from words to word. And we did talk about that.
0: So the living Word is alive and well Mm -hmm. in David's worship. And that's going to be an anchor as we go forward across the generations to the Messiah who comes from his line, that he would embody in every way this thing that David sees in many ways.
1: Mm -hmm. Then we're going to start with verse 11, wrapping up, and I'm reading from the voice translation. In addition to all that has been said, your servant will find, hidden in your commandments, both a strong warning and a great reward for keeping them. Who could possibly know all that he has done wrong? Forgive my hidden and unknown faults. As I am your servant, protect me from my bent toward pride and keep sin from ruling my life. If you do this, I will be without blame, innocent of a great breach. May the words that come out of my mouth and the musings of my heart meet with your gracious approval, O Eternal, my Redeemer.
0: The thing that always amazes me about David is that he always knows that there's a possibility of really messing things up out there. Mm -hmm. But when he enters into this appeal to God, he's not afraid of that. He's not constantly in fear that he's going to mess up. He appeals to God's nature and says, if you will do these things, I'm cool. I'm clear. I'm clean because I'm not going to go the bad places because you already helped me. You preemptively provided for me a way to follow you. That's a great kind of faith that he just presumes upon God's good nature to love him first. When things happen later, good or bad, the first things come up first. Yeah. You don't get buried behind the other things that came up later. We often start backwards in this. We find our own failures. We feel the shame or the guilt of those, or someone reminds us of those things. And then we figure we have to try to find some way to get back to God. Mm -hmm. Got to climb out of our own pit. When we don't believe, really, in our hearts, like David seems to believe, that God has already got us. He already knew these things were possible, and he didn't forget his promise. He didn't forget our prayers. And in the thing we're going through— David's God is reminding us, remember who I am, the one you were so thrilled to share these things with and to trust originally before the bad things came your way. I would think that even if bad stuff comes up, that kind of God, that kind of relationship with that kind of God would head off despair at any moment. Mm -hmm. And David, I'm sure, ping-ponged a lot emotionally, but it was that bedrock of belief and experience of the word before the challenge, the trial, the temptation came that was rock solid. So no matter what shifted beneath him, I think David really believed that no matter how much the earth shook, eventually you're going to sink down to solid rock because God's there too. Yeah, yeah.
1: I think you're absolutely right when you say that David ping-ponged around. <laughs> we read that just in the Psalms, and if you go back and read First and Second Kings and First and Second Chronicles, First and Second Samuel. You'll see the story of David and how much he literally did ping pong around. But there was always something in him that is right here in Psalm 19. He says, forgive my hidden and unknown faults. And if you do this, if you keep sin from ruling my life
0: or ruining me, or
1: ruining me, then I'm going to thrive and I'm going to keep worshiping you. That's the thing that we need to plant in our hearts even, just that simple prayer, that very honest, but deeply felt prayer. God, remember that you have to keep me from sin. Your love has to compel me and draw me toward you. And if we know God, if we know and believe, like you said, too, that God is love. That God created us because of love.
0: That God has been love since before the time you yes, worried about it. Yes. Now, David is also presuming upon God his redemption and his forgiveness. Mm-hmm. Even if it all falls apart, you are not to blame. If you are not to blame, that doesn't mean you condemn me for being a sinner. Mm-hmm. Even then, it seems like David is appealing to God's graciousness and believing it's really going to be there. Yeah. In the Names of God version here, verse 12 says, Who can notice every mistake? Forgive my hidden faults. That's an implied shift, right? Mm -hmm. Well, who can notice every mistake? Well, God could. I don't want to be living under a God who does remember all my hidden faults and then bring them back to taunt me. If you don't know the rules of something and then you get punished for them, it seems unjust. It seems unfair. Even if the law itself says ignorance of the law is no excuse. Paul talks about the Ten Commandments were given to us declaring that these things are, in fact, sins or transgressions against God. If we had never been told those things, says Paul, we would have been able to get away with it. Mm. We would be ignorant of those things, and they wouldn't have really been laws yet. But now that they are, they remind me of how easy it is to do these things, and God says, no good. Mm -hmm. No good can come of this. Paul is saying the law is there to do a work in me, to prepare me for needing God. Even if I mess up or dishonor my parents or covet my neighbor's property or his wife or lust after something I shouldn't be going for. Even when those things happen, the intention, of course, of God is to draw us back to pleading with him for his mercy and forgiveness to start over, not to run away from him to hide.
1: Even those who don't claim to know God personally could tell you that it's wrong to steal something from another person. Right. It's wrong to take their possessions. It's wrong to treat someone hatefully. We just know that instinctively.
0: Mm -hmm. When it's brought to our attention, yes.
1: Exactly. But I think that's something that we just, we know. Even those who don't know God and don't have Jesus as their personal Savior, I would say, get it. They get those things. They
0: do, I guess. What I'm trying to say, honey, is I believe they do once they're challenged in that. For example... Everyone will presume that they're not a racist or have any problems with relating to people of a different culture or race until you're put into situations where everything around you is strange and it seems hostile and you're not familiar with this and you're afraid. Suddenly you have to face up to a potential you have to hate somebody just because they're different from you. Mm -hmm. When you're challenged in that way by a real situation, suddenly what I believed about myself may not be so solid anymore. And I'm now tempted to go to a degree that could become a sin. And that, honey, is just kind of a practical application. I mean, you talk about other things that are in the Ten Commandments, even to say, I didn't really know what covetousness was until I actually had to face a situation where that was the thing that was happening. I could see it creeping up on me.
1: We all in our humanness have a sense of right and wrong. We do. And knowing God helps me to release those things. Mm. To When I have thought, oh man, I really would like to have that purse (laughs) or or oh i think this or that about another person or someone of a different color compassion radio will continue to keep
0: bringing you encouragement from the word inspiring stories from the front lines of faith and awesome opportunities to make a difference for the kingdom around the world but we need your help right now to continue doing just that please take a moment today to consider how you might help us to accomplish our unique media ministry and mission Remember, friends, Compassion Radio is always a coalition of the willing. Are you willing to help get out God's good news stories of the kingdom really living the gospel in the 21st century? Oh, I hope so. Thank you, friends, for standing with Compassion Radio during these times of great change to our normal life. Of course, there's nothing normal about our situation, but there's also nothing normal about the kind of faith and power we find in Jesus. Just visit our website, CompassionRadio.com. Or call our toll-free order line, 1-800-868-2478. And note our new mailing address, which is P.O. Box 77160, Corona, California, 92877. Again, that's Box 77160, Corona, California, 92877. Reach out to us whatever way works for you. And now, back to our discussion.
1: Knowing God helps me to release those things. When I have thought, "Oh man, I really would like to have that girl's purse <laughs> mm-hmm. or or oh, I think this or that about another person or someone of a different color or I'm uncomfortable or whatever, I can look at those things in the light of God's love for me mm-hmm. and know that He's not condemning me for that, but he's bringing to light something that needs to change in me. And when I have those thoughts or those propensities towards sin mm-hmm. in a certain area, The Holy Spirit draws me to the Lord, to the love of God, and says, because of what Jesus has done for you, because you've accepted that into your life, you are right with God. You have place there. You
0: already are right with God.
1: You already are right with God. In another psalm, it says that God isn't keeping score. Hmm. Jeremiah himself says, I'm not going to remember your sins anymore. So God is saying to us, I'm not going to have this checklist
0: against you. against you. Reminds me of Paul's admonition to the Christian that there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Not because the truth doesn't reveal sometimes that we really messed up, but simply because if you're in Christ Jesus, you already know you have identity that's not shakable. You are part of this family. You are a loved child. And we're going to work through all this. Now, for example, there are some people that really believe that the Holy Spirit's job is to condemn us and make us feel bad about the bad things we do, Mm -hmm. which I believe to be completely inaccurate scripturally, because the job of the Holy Spirit is to draw us through Christ to the Father. He wants us to see Jesus for who he is, doesn't want us to run away from him. And if the only response we have naturally to being accused of something is to run away, especially if we know in our heart of hearts that really happened, We are not going to run to God. Mm -hmm. And the Holy Spirit does not want us to run away from him. He wants us to run to him. So why would he be self-defeating? Well, the answer is he's not. He's not the one chasing us away. We end up believing a lot of lies about God's attitude toward us and his willingness to accept us. And we probably hold on to our pride long enough to say, well, I don't want to be shown for this. Mm -hmm. We have to admit that we are thinking that way, which is not a God way of thinking. Mm -hmm. But nonetheless, God is not saying, when you get yourself sorted out, come back and talk to me. He never talks that way to us. He always says, come, my child. Let's sit down and reason together. What's going on in your life? Mm -hmm. Like a good parent, no matter what the kid has been through during the day, no matter what the kid has chosen to do, or not do, whatever self-shame may be pouring down on their head. The good parent says, you are safe at this table. Mm-hmm. Come. David, I'm seeing as he wraps up this Psalm 19, is very much about trusting that God is going to be there because he's already there. Yeah, He's already underneath all these things. He's already holding everything else up. He's already, the bridegroom is charging in to throw a party mm-hmm. to say, this is going to be the best marriage ever. Right. That's the kind of God that David believed in. It's the kind of God that I want to look forward to seeing day by day grow in my heart so that as time goes on, I'm less and less afraid of what God might think about me so I can understand him better and therefore follow him better.
1: Well, if we in fact believe that God is love, hmm. that the person, the being God, yeah. all that God, love can, possibly be, that love him, can yeah. possibly be is God, then we are drawn to that. Hmm. I was having a conversation with one of our sons he said something a little off color to me and then he's like, oh, I'm sorry, Mom. I don't mean to disappoint you. Mm. And I said, honey, he kind of sighed and he said, you know, the one thing about you and dad that I always know is that you're never disappointed in me. Mm. And I said, that's right. You can't disappoint me because you're my son. I love you. There are decisions that you've made that I haven't agreed with or mm. certain things that I might be concerned about, but I'm never disappointed that reminded me, and it was a precious thing for him to say yeah. about you and I as his parents, but it reminded me that's what God is like. He's not ever disappointed in you
0: know, me. We have to unpack that one, too, because people are say, well, wait a minute. God is never approving of bad stuff or behavior that we do or sins that we commit.
1: Exactly.
0: But we as human beings are really, really bad about keeping things separate because things aren't separate. We love to say things bumper sticker style like, Love the sinner, hate the sin. Mm -hmm. The problem is all we can see through that statement is the sin. Mm -hmm. As if the sinner is no longer the one who has sinned, the sinner is the one who always sins. Mm -hmm. So a sinner is one who sins. We get hung up on this. I don't believe that God looks at us that way. He doesn't look at us as sinners, period. He looks at us Mm -hmm. as children who have messed up. Mm -hmm. That's a huge difference in the way the love perceives people. And all that love could possibly be being God is going to start from a reservoir that is eternally deep toward us and is never exhausted. We as people are often exhausted. Nice. Jesus says, "You need to forgive somebody 70 times 7 or 490 times or whatever in a day, you know that will probably exhaust your tank. So Jesus is saying to his disciples, "If you want to live forgivably with the world like I do, put your forgiveness to the test and see how far it goes, because I promise you, It's going to exhaust itself, and then there's me. But be like me. How? It's impossible. Good thing we have a God who specializes in the impossible. Yeah. And David believed in that kind of God.
1: I think that verses eleven through fourteen are a really great prayer for us to pray even now. In saying, God, I don't know all of the things that I am bent toward. I don't know all of the musings of my heart that might not be pleasing to you. But I want to be pleasing to you. I want even the hidden and unknown things in my own heart to be revealed and that you, God, would protect me from the pride of thinking that I have got it all together or that I know everything about myself is necessary. If I think I have it all together, then I'm not relying on God. I'm not relying on his direction in my life and in his love for me that keeps me drawn to him. A book I was just reading recently by a man called David Benner. He says that knowing ourselves is ultimately important in our quest to know God. It's a gift to know ourselves, And when we try to pursue knowing God but refuse to know the deeper parts of ourselves, we limit our knowledge of God. Because if we don't allow God in, we don't allow those deeper parts to be revealed. Mm
0: -hmm. If all we see are flaws in the world around us and in us— We need better lighting. Mm,
1: That's good. You know,
0: so if God lights us up in a way that sees him, as the old worship song says, and the things of earth will go strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace. It's not to say that the world itself is hell bound and worth nothing. It's simply saying that it can't cloud how good God is. And if we can see him, the things of the earth are no longer so important or threatening to us anymore. It doesn't mean they go away forever. It doesn't mean we don't keep a living here or that we're not called to be doing his ministry or his great commission or his great commandments here. It is to do the work in the world we've been given, but not because we see the world lit up the way it wants to be seen. We get to see the world as it really is. We realize that everything that's good in the creation is good because God baked it in. Reflection of his glory. Mm -hmm. But it doesn't mean that the reflected glory is not creative too. We've talked many times about how important it is that we participate with God in making the things of God tangible. And our creativity is a gift because we choose to do things that honor God and make the world a better place that God cannot or chooses to not do. He wants us to. He wants us to think. How would my creativity put in your heart? How would you use it to go do things that build a kingdom, that make life better? that honor me. You choose. And imagine a God who says to his creation, I'm going to put you in charge of this one. I trust you with this. Mm -hmm. In fact, go invest this. See what you can get out of it. God knows full well what he could get out of it. I don't think it brings him nearly as much glory to do our work for us. It brings him a huge amount of glory and brings other people's attention to him when we do it. And we follow his lead and we become the kind of people that are as creatively light giving, love giving as he is.
1: Well, I just know how beautiful it is when we have been privileged to see the way our children have been creative. You know, these beautiful human beings that came from us Mm. have been launched into the world and have released their creativity on the world. And it's a creative bent that they all have. And it's beautiful to see that. As a parent, I burst with pride with that, and I just know God is the same way Mm -hmm. with us. He looks on us and says, I made you to be creative. I instilled this in you, and I'm going to honor that, and I'm going to release you, like you said. And it's it's a beautiful thing to be loved by God that way.
0: Yeah. I love it when Mm you— I love you because we have all kinds of language to express that connection between how it flowed out of us before you even existed, how it reminds us of how much I loved you then and how much I love you now. And I can't even imagine what it's going to be like to love you tomorrow.
1: Mm -hmm. I love these things about
0: you. Yeah. So God encourages us to speak those things. And I think David took that to heart. Mm -hmm. He makes a big point in his Psalms of glorifying God by writing a poem about how wonderful he is and how he manifests himself in the world, and how he wrapped up this Psalm of 19 with these words, May the words of my mouth and the thoughts of my heart be acceptable to you, O Yahweh, my rock, my Goel. When God accepts something, he doesn't just say, oh gee, thanks. When God accepts something, it's like, bring it on. Bring the big sacrifice. Bring everything you got. Let's have a concert, a party, a festival. David sees that every time he approaches God, that God is ready to throw a party. And I think it's very important that we remember that Jesus started his public ministry with the biggest party there is in a community, and that was the grand wedding. He started his ministry to say, this is the kind of God we ought to serve. And this is the kind of God that actually exists, the one that brings the best to the party.
1: That's about all we have time for today on this psalm. I've really enjoyed going through Psalm 19 with you, honey. It's been such a great reminder of just the goodness of God and the amazingness of His creation. I hope you all enjoyed it as well.
0: We'll see you tomorrow for the next Compassion Radio. What but, but thy grace can For the are Who like thyself My guide and stay can be through cloud and sunshine. Closing eyes shine through the gloom and point me to the skies. Heaven's morning breaks and earth's fame and shadows flee, and life and death oh Lord
1: abide.
0: Thank you, friends, for standing with Compassion Radio during these times of great change to our normal life. Of course, there's nothing normal about our situation, but there's also nothing normal about the kind of faith and power we find in Jesus. Just visit our website, CompassionRadio.com, or call our toll-free order line, 1-800-868-2478. And note our new mailing address, which is P.O. Box 77160, Corona, California, 92877 Again, that's Box 77160 Corona, California 92877 Or make your gift through our website CompassionRadio.com We need you, friend, so contact us today.